Welcome to Secrets from the Saddle podcast. I'm Sylvie Daou, your host, fellow cyclist, bike club founder, cycling coach, bike race junkie, just truly super passionate about cycling. My journey with cycling started 20 years ago when I opened a spin studio, started a women's race team, and founded a women's only cycling club called Cycle Fit Chicks. I'm super thrilled to reveal all aspects that make the world of cycling operate. I'm so excited to be able to bring you interesting people from around the world, pro cyclists, recreational cyclists, coaches, event organizers, bike shop owners, everything and everyone you need to know or ever wondered about when it comes to cycling. I know you'll enjoy this episode. All right, all right, all right. Welcome back for another episode of Coach's Corner with um, on the podcast, Cycling uh, Secrets from the Saddle, All Things Cycling podcast. And your host, Sylvie Dow, Coach Sylvie. And, um, you know, today, this, I have to apologize. Obviously, you're, you're getting this. This is late, uh, later than 12. Uh, maybe you um, listen to it later on. But anyways, it is late. And I apologize. This week has been ex- exceptionally redonkulous. I mean, I don't know what it is. Um, and here I'll give you a little bit of why this wasn't done this morning because I feel that I have to share. You guys are um, listening, and uh, I'll just let give you a little bit of background about me. Um, and you know, I'll have to share a little bit more about me and and what I'm up to. Uh, so, um, all I'm gonna say, right? You know, well, I'm not gonna say, but what happened this morning has to do with divorce and child support. So if that doesn't turn your head, maybe, um, maybe you can, you're like, Oh, divorce. Yeah. Oh, child support double. Yeah. Um, so that's what I was taking care of this morning. Now, um, just a little backtrack. I was married 15 years ago I have an 18-year-old daughter. She's absolutely amazing. I love her to death. Uh, She just um, started college. And um, anyways, so the thing is that she lived with me for eight years. Her dad gave up custody. I know a bastard, but here, you know, I knew he was going to, I knew it was going to happen. I am certainly grateful that Uh, We have never fought over anything when it came to child support and our daughter, which is really great because I've heard of so many horror stories out there, Um, you know, parents just going after each other, putting the kids in the middle. And that's just something that we never, ever wanted to do. I mean, you know, we just, you have to let go of your ego, right? Like, um, And, uh, so, so he gave up custody of her back, um, when she was eight. And that was when I married my life partner, John, um, also was a friend of mine and my ex-husband funny enough. Anyways, that's a long story. (laughs) We need to go in the comments. If you want to hear all about the stories, I got lots of stories. Um, so 
So anyways, he gave up custody. He was with his wife. They moved to a, a further way. So it, it almost made sense. Like he was in another province, which if you know where we live, Hall and Ottawa, they're pretty much beside each other, but they're separated by a big river. Um, so her staying in school around me did not make sense for him and child support. So I get it. Um, so anyways, he paid child support. And then when she turned 16, she wanted to mo go and live with her dad. And rightfully so. She hadn't seen a lot of her dad, um, you know, because he remarried. He had kids of his own. And um, so she moved to the city. That So then I just started paying child support. Right? Mm. So if you're sitting there, you know, we all sit there. Oh, my God, child support is expensive until or you think you're getting a great deal of getting child support and then it whips back around and you have to start paying. So anyways, um, but now she's, so that was when she was 16. And um, now that she's 19, she's not a minor anymore and she's going to school. And a lot, if you've ever dealt with child support, based on where you are uh, here in Canada, in Quebec, there is a formula. You put your tax receipt, your tax income tax in, your number, how much you made that year, and um, some other numbers uh, for expenses. And then it plunks out, this is how much you should be paying for child support. Um, so my income dropped considerably based because um, we were income splitting with my husband and really the amount that I was paying was based on his income, not mine. So, um, and then uh, the rules changed in Quebec and there was not, we weren't allowed income splitting anymore. And so then it was like my income, which was way less than his income. And so we decided that, yeah, we're going to go back to the lawyers and have it changed. And plus she was in school and all this stuff. So anyways, that's what I was taking care of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, that's what I was taking care of. And uh, it was taking care of getting all the signatures because I have to get my signature, my husband's signature, my ex and my daughter. So go try and get all, all of us together. So anyways, I was driving around getting all that done because um, yeah, I have to stop that next withdrawal from my bank account. Anyways, so that was what I was up to. And uh, thanks for listening. And, um, you know, if you have a similar story, I would highly recommend just going to uh, YouTube. If you listen to this on YouTube, that's where you can put a lot of comments and um, and or message me and follow me on Instagram and um, I'll respond there now. Let's get to the podcast because that is not what we're going to be talking about. But I just want to let you in on a little bit of what's going on in my life. It also is October 1st. Yeehaw! I love October. Um, this is when the month that we got married. This is also when the, the leaves change and everything gets so beautiful, yellow and orange and reds. And those are all my favorite colors. And Halloween happens this month. So, but we're not going to be talking about that. One of my favorite holidays. It's not really a holiday, but, um, and I'm just friggin' tired. I don't know what it is. Um, I think I'm still recovering from that event two weeks ago, 
And that being said, I've started reading quite a bit about um, older athletes and performance. And I think I'm going to be sharing a whole lot of that on here because, um, like I said, I just turned 50 and I know from feeling from my body that things are changing. And you can sit there and go, you know, I'm still the fit, healthy, you know, you know, 40 year old, you know, I feel like I'm 40, but I'm 50 and I'm doing all this stuff, but we really do have to pay more attention to our bodies and our rest and our recovery and all these things are nutrition. And, um, like I had no idea I am, I'll tell you right now, I have, um, if I will put this, the link to this book in the show notes, but if you've ever uh, picked up one of Joe Friel's um, athlete or training Bibles, um, he has one training for the 50-year-old. You know, he's an older guy now. And um, I'm going to get him on the podcast again, talking about training in our 50s. Um, because I, I got his book on Audible, and I've been listening to it every time I go driving and when I'm gardening and when I'm riding. So I'm taking notes, but like, it is phenomenal how many things we have to, we should be thinking about and considering. And if we're training for competition, like how do we structure that with regards to recovery and base building to intensity to listening to heart rate and well, oh my God. Anyways, if you're interested in hearing more of that, go to YouTube and say, just give me a thumbs up or a like um, over there. And if you're wondering how to get over to YouTube, all you have to do is go to the show notes. The very top link is the YouTube link to this podcast and you, it'll just bring you right over there. And also make sure that you follow the podcast on Instagram, because if you want to find any one of the episodes, all you have to do is go to Instagram, uh, secrets from the saddle podcast, and they are all there. So if you have a favorite or if there's one that you like, mm, you want to, to uh, go back and listen to, or you want to listen to, or you heard that, you know, I had this guest, they're all there and they're all current and um, all the notes and links are there too. So um, those are two places. So today we are going to talk about the four key bike skills. You're like, woo, bike skills. There's got to be more. Well, there are more but they're kind of lumped into these four categories, in my opinion. And maybe, you know, like other cycling coaches might have their opinion, but this is how I coach and how um, I coach my clients and how I kind of break up the skill structure. Now, you might be thinking like, just think to yourself, like, um, what am I kind of lacking right now based on my summer performance or competition or um, you're just like super intrigued on how to um, just think about what those things are to you. Like you've been reading a little bit. You're like, I've heard about this pedal stroke or pedal form thing. I've heard about economy versus um, efficiency. Um, what is that? Well, economy versus efficiency. I did a whole podcast episode on that. So um, 
go to Instagram, go find it. I don't know which one it is, but I'll try and link it right here. Um, and the thing is that we have to think about the first thing. If you're like, oh, I just know everything. I go, nobody knows everything. I will never concede to knowing everything. I love learning. I literally, guys, answer this question for me. How many cycling-related training books do you have at home? I just pulled all of mine out, and I literally have about 15 of them, like all types. Like I have Joe Friel's stuff. I have Hunter Allen's books. I have uh, Michael Colgan's. I have, you know, swim, bike, run, bike racing for juniors, um, how to put together a plan, uh, you know, workouts for cyclists, everything. I have it. <laughs> and, that's, and I reference those all the time uh, when it comes to putting together different programs or just for content um, uh, as a coach. So here are the four key bike skills. Now, remember, go back to that list. Was it, is it hill climbing that really, that you would really like to get better at? Because usually I have not met so many people in my coaching career, because I have a women's cycling club and I've coached over 900 women that have said that they love hills. Like it's usually everybody hates them. And you know why you don't like them? Do you know why? Does anybody know? It's because you don't know how to ride and climb a hill. And I felt the same way when I used to adventure race. So adventure racing was mountain biking, mountain biking, hiking, kayaking, rappelling, um, multi-sport event. And there, the bike sections were always the longest, right? Because they're they're using it to get you from A to B. It's like maybe from the paddle section to the hike section. Section. It could be 80 kilometers. It could be two days long. You're on your bike. Um, and so I just remember, oh my gosh, because usually you're going up some sort of ski hill, down some power line, something, and it's technical and it's hilly. And it's like, oh my gosh, I hate these hills. I like, I literally hate them, but I would rarely get off my bike and walk my bike because that's even more painful than pushing it up the hill. Would you agree? Like, honestly, if I could go super slow up a hill to avoid walking, I would, I will, I did. And, um, and then I got a coach and then I really like, I started, um, following mad dog and spinning. And that's where I think, um, I really got it. It's the pedals form. And you've got, if you've got good pedal form, and you use it in different ways on your hill, then you can really motor, like really motor without much effort. I, granted, yes, you will hit a hill that you max out on and you're gonna like go down to four kilometers an hour. But the number one thing is smoothing out your pedal stroke and understanding what that is. And you know, the four quadrants, the top, the push down, the sweep, the pull up in the back, engaging different 
muscle groups as well. So if you understand that, then you can A, switch your muscle groups around. Especially I find that when you do time trials, especially because you're so used to like the hammer down and the, you have to keep a consistent pace, right? So what if your, your hamstrings or your quads are really starting to burn and tire? Well, then you have an option of like pulling, pulling, or pulling and kicking forward, pulling, kicking forward. So you have the right and left. So the right is pulling, the left is kicking. And then, you know, so switching it up. So your muscles have a little bit of time to actually recover while you're doing that. So imagine if you knew how to do it. You're like, what? Exactly. Imagine if you knew how to do that. Like I have a four week uh, cycling skills, four week workshop for women men too, but women are the ones who, who come out for these things. And you're going to learn about that. And if, and I have a 16 week winter program, and basically we just drill that in because you need that for flat endurance riding. You need it for hill climbing. You need it for sprinting. You use it for competition. And it's just like, when you get it, it's like the light bulb just went off and you like just improved 20%. I know, crazy. So the number two is hills. Like we all know, like, yeah, I'm just going to hammer up the hills. That's just the way I do it. Well, is that the smartest way to approach your hill? Are you going to think about um, being more economical, being more economical, economical? Like we think, if you think about economical, um, with regards to cars, we're always looking for more economical, a more economical car, right? It burns less fuel, more mileage. So what if you're expelling less energy and you're going faster? Ooh, imagine that. I mean, that to me is like, I can go all day, every day. Um, and I'm not burning, like building up lactic acid, burning, um, all these calories and, and just burning myself out on my ride. Right. So Hills and the more <laughs> I did a lot of coaching on Hills this year. I, I, and I do it every year, but this year it's always like, and particularly I went on this group ride. It was a hundred K group ride. And I was like, um, more of a beginner intermediate group. And, um, there's this one Hill uh, in the hundred K and, you know, I, I pull out a little coaching when I'm in the group rides for my club. So, um, as a coach, you know, kind of like helping out, like making people understand that. So we're coming up to Hill. I'm like, okay, everyone, we see a Hill approaching. What is the first thing that you do? Well, you get your bike ready for the hill. That means getting off the big ring, moving it to the, to the small ring, um, using your mid range gears in the back and then slowing it down. So we're in a group ride. Like this isn't a sprint to the hill, to the top. If you slow everybody down, everybody's going to be able to make it to the top together. And it's a beautiful thing. But the end, a lot quieter. Do you know what I mean? Like 
there's no grinding it out like I'm just changing the gears from big ring to small ring and uh because I've just maxed out in the back and my chain is crossed and and all that so it's being smart because if you could approach your hill being more efficient or being more economical you're going to be able to keep that speed going up and at the top you're not going to be all tired do you know what? can can you relate to that being tired it's like oh i gotta stop and rest and of course if you're the first to the top then the last person always gets screwed right because everybody shows up the last person shows up like all right let's go how many people have been in that situation raise your hand <laughs> you know like oh my god um so being in the right gear when you hit the hill is so important. And then there's like, how do you gear, how do you change your gears like smoothly and quietly? Because I have this little technique. It's like push, change, pedal through, push, change, pedal through. Um, and that's what I teach in my courses, um, my four week and my 16 week. And it's a much easier way of like, you know, lurching your bike forward, taking the resistance off or the, the pressure off the chain, change it, then pedal through, push, change, pedal through, push, change, pedal through. And when you're pushing, it's like from 12 to three, it's like push or like two to five. So you're pushing and then you release the resistance or the, on the pedal and then you change and then you follow through with the gear change. And so things like that. And then there's also transitioning from seated to standing, right? How, you know, making that smooth and fluid and, you know, so that if you're in a group ride, you don't kind of back, back pedal a little bit and um, get in somebody's face. Ever had that? Whoa, what's going on? Um, so hills are so important, right? Because it is part of the ride. There's always going to be that hill. And then learning how to ride the rollers, the rollers, the rolling hills, like punching at the top, you know, powering down, powering through the hill, powering halfway up and punching it. And I just love riding rollers. Like they are so much fun. So if you know how to manage them and, um, also descending, oh my gosh just lay off the brakes a little bit at a time number three is fuel so it's funny because a lot of people don't think that this is important they don't put much importance on it they would rather go to their local bike shop and get stocked up on cubes jelly beans honey you know cliff bars all these things are so sugary and so and just upset your stomach so i mean there's a place for those but it shouldn't be every little bit of it. You, it's important to um, be able to access and bring with you some whole food, like meal bars, not protein bars, meal bars. We don't want protein bars because we're looking for more carbs, carbohydrates uh, for quick energy. And, you know, like potatoes, bagels, some people like bananas, I don't like bananas, um, 
what else have I seen? Sweet potatoes, white potatoes. Um, some people like nuts. They don't work for my stomach. Uh, they're really hard to digest. You need some stuff. You need your food to be quickly digestible. Like bagels, I find are like the fastest. Um, and then if you could put jam and peanut butter on it and some cheese, boom, you got something that's going to like sustain you for a long time. Um, what else? I'm sure everybody's got kind of their favorites. They make their favorite granola bars um, from scratch. I've seen those. Um, I like to keep it just simple. Um, things at home, not get too fancy, basically, because I don't have time to get fancy. Who does? So, and then, so, and so I just don't want to talk about what you're going to bring on your ride. And a lot of people think, well, I'm only going out for an hour or two. I'm like, yeah, but what if that turns to two and three and four hours? What are you going to do? I always, I encourage everybody to bring more over less. So it's always like, you know, I look at everybody's back pockets and I see how full they are, or unless they have little, like a little uh, bag on the front of their bike, like how much food are they bringing? Um, because coffee shop croissants are not a source of food. I've found that out, not the hard way, but it's just something I realized. Um, and so you shouldn't, real, you, you shouldn't rely on that. Um, and it doesn't matter how long you're going because everybody is working at different levels and um, burn calories differently. So, we're just talking about on the ride. Now, what do you do before your ride? And again, people are like, well, I'm just going for an hour. I go, well, if you're going for an hour, maybe by yourself, you can afford to not load up on a bunch of food. So like half an hour out, half an hour back. You know, there's your ride. Fine. Maybe you can get away with it without eating something substantial. Now, if you're going for a group ride, that's a different story because you can get pushed way past your limits and you're going to burn a whole lot more calories and in car uh, carbohydrates just from that ride. And if you have not eaten properly or fueled properly, are you just like you ate three years ago, uh, three years ago, three hours ago, and you're going for a night ride or a, you know, a tour of the Gatineau Park, which is all hills, how do you think you're going to feel afterwards? pretty depleted and depleting your body is not good because it it takes a while for your body to replenish right and if you keep doing that to your body how is your body going to start reacting so i always talk about like i mix up a super condensed meal shake i mean it is like 600 to 700 calories or like at least 500 for group rides. So that's two scoops of my meal replacement shake, plus oats, plus a banana, plus avocados, plus peanut butter, plus, plus, plus. I mean, if you use any one of those combinations, you just have to do the calorie count and it becomes over 600. And I have so much energy, I'm so full, but that doesn't mean that I can't I shouldn't eat. You should always be eating like at least an hour into your ride, at least minimum. And then your post ride, protein shake, BCAAs, recovery, something that's going to help your body recover from what just happened. It doesn't matter how long or how 
easy it was. You're still working your body and your body deserves to be replenished. So that's number three. Number four is sprinting. Who loves a good sprint? Who loves a good breakaway? Who loves a good punch to the top? Who loves a good sprint for the city limits? Yeah, raise your hand. We have a couple around here and it's always like the plan at the end of the workout that that's what's going to happen. Everybody's going to like leave it out on the road, finish off the workout, this it, the sprint to the city limits and then back to the car. So, <clears throat> so sprinting in itself, if you're thinking about racing, sprinting plays a pretty big role. Whether like even if you're doing time trials, your end of the time trial sprint needs to be strong or should be strong. And that should be where you like just finish yourself off. Criteriums, you're sprinting at every corner. How do you manage that? How do you get out of the saddle? What are the great gears? How do you sit back in to maintain? So these are things that um, I love teaching on and coaching in the four week program. And the 16 week, we do a lot of drills more in the third month to the fourth month, right? We've got to periodize our program. And that's where we uh, start shortening up our sprints or doing longer sprints. So we work people up to it in our four week. It's just about learning the skills and then you can take it anywhere. You can take it on Swift, Ruby, on the road, you can be anywhere in the world to take this four-week program workshop. And the next one starts next week, Thursday. So, um, but we talk about sprinting and we talk about strength training. So a lot of drills you can give on the hill are strength training related. However, when we're talking about strength training, I'm talking about lifting weights. And is so important, actually, no matter what age you are, it becomes way more important when you become 40 and above, because every year you lose a percentage of muscle. And if you lose a percentage of muscle every year, can you imagine what you're going to be like at 60 if you never pick up a set of weights and continue to build on the muscles you know, increasing your bone density. Uh, cycling is great for cardio. Cycling is great for cardio. It is not a strength training component. Um, so it's important to add that to your regime. Now, if you can't pull yourself off the road for one, two, you know, like, and give yourself three minimum, two to three a week, um, workouts where you're lifting some weights, you're working on your legs, you're working on your upper body, you're strengthening your core and back, then A, you're, you're going to be more fatigued. You're going to be prone to injury, osteoporosis, osteoarthritis. Um, and, you know, like you're not going to be able to move forward in your sports performance because cycling uh, weight training is very important. I never thought it was so important till like I turned 50 and 
I, you know, I used to hate going to the gym, but, and I only went there if I had a goal and, you know, around 47, I started looking at my body and I'm like, whoa, and I worked out. And so I was like, it's no longer a luxury to get into the gym. It's mandatory that I need to do this and I need to add it to my regime, like on the season, off the season. And so it was, it was just a flip of the switch, the mindset. It was a non-negotiable for me to work out weekly. And I've seen great benefits and I felt great benefits on my rides. Like I, I can't even tell you and I will continue. And that's why I created also um, cycle and fitness. So cycle fitness is an online training, weight training program or work uh, workouts. So, you know, I have a lot of uh, cyclists, female cyclists who have joined and we work out together either live or they use the on-demand library where they can go and get, there's over 80 workouts that are 45 minutes and they're total body. So like continually strengthening your core every week is so important. And the thing is that you cannot quickly build that ever. And, you know, which I always thought like, you know, that'd be awesome. And, you know, like I work out, so why don't I have abs? That's totally my mindset, by the way. And, uh, you know, they'll just appear. I'm working out like I'm doing this. And yeah, right. Okay. Yeah, right. <laughs> anyway, it took me a couple of years to realize that. Um, so don't be like me. You have to maintain yourself and you have to continue maintaining. You have to start, show up, maintain, make it a part of your lifestyle. It is as important as that group ride. Um, so those are our, the four, counted four, um, key bike skills. And I know like nutrition is not a bike skill, but it is a skill that you need to exercise every time you go out riding. What are you drinking? Are you drinking enough? What are you eating? Are you eating enough? Are you eating the right stuff? Is it giving, is it serving you well? Yes, no, yes, no, yes, no. Um, and they should all be yes. Now, with that, I was mentioning the four week uh, cycling skills four week workshop for women new to cycling or women who have been in cycling are, are still like, you know, how can I get better? How can I get better? And it all comes down to technique and building on those fundamental foundational skills, right? We always talk about the foundation of a house. If you don't build a strong foundation, you can't build a strong house. And if you don't have strong skills as a cyclist or even knowledge of skills, how can you get better, period, right? Kind of makes sense. So that's where I put together this four week workshop and basically it it touches on all the skills. Okay. Um, after, at the end here, I have a little video I'm going to add and it kind of, and it shows like shows the program and it's got some testimonials and basically the way it runs is you got four, four weeks, pedal hills, fuel, and speed. Those are your four weeks. And each week you 
where we join together on a webinar and I go over first the demonstration or the description. I write it out on the board. For those who are visual, it's important to visually see and understand what's going on. So I, I get that. So each one of these has that visual component. The next one, I get on my bike and I demonstrate what I'm talking about. Okay, so now you can visually, like you can really see what's happening on the bike. You can't really see it, but you can see it. And then I get you on your bike and I put you through some drills. So you can kind of like, okay, this is what she's saying. Now, this is what I should start feeling. So it's putting your legs through the motion of these skills. And then, um, and then I give you homework. So I give you some drills to do with relation to what we just learned so that you can go out and put it to practice. And I have a Q&A during the week. So the workshop is Thursday at 12 noon Eastern. And the, so I'm trying that time frame. So it's a, a lunch time, it's like 45 minutes to an hour. And then you're not gonna sweat, by the way. You're just gonna jump on the bike and go through the motions. And then on Tuesday at noon, there's the Q&A. So if you have questions from that, that period where you, you, know, you went out, you did the drills or you did them on your trainer or whatnot, you can come back and go, oh, I don't understand. Can you explain that a little bit more, how this work and things like that? So I love that because I've done a couple of these already and people always have questions. So you have lots of opportunity to ask the questions. So that one, I have a special code for you guys and it's to get $50 off. Uh, the code is for double WK50, for week 50, for WK50 to get $50 off. And you go to cycling, cyclingskillspro.com. Everything's going to be in the show notes. So if you forget, just go there and check it out. Now, if you want something more intense, like I did that so it's quick because some people have their stuff together. They just want to know the skills and that's it. My 16 week is like literally we will be practicing every week. And by the time you're done, guaranteed, I've been doing this for like 15 years. You will always remember what the pedal stroke form is because you will be practiced it so many times, flats, standing, sprinting that when you go hit that hill, you will hear me screaming at you at the, <laughs> you like smooth it out, drop the hills, sweep, kick, things like that. And you will feel how powerful and strong you will become. I have recorded five to 20% improvement in that program. We tested the beginning, we tested the end. If you have a trainer, you will use heart rate and wattage for the program. We do it completely on power or heart rate. So you choose in which one you have. So imagine you could train in your actual heart rate or power zones all winter long, how powerful that can be and then testing at the end. So this is, um, so go to, the show notes, uh, the 16 week is 16wkroadcycling.ca. 
and uh, secure your spot because it starts in November with a warm up, and the official program starts in December for four months. Break at Christmas, and there are two options a basic and a VIP. So you have to go to the website and just take a look. But the VIP, I'll tell you right now, has everything that the basic has in, but it's more coaching. These are the people who want to be have more coaching and uh, planning for next year. Um, that is the VIP. So I'll take your goals. I meet with you. We look at your bike. We uh, do a little visual bike fit and see what's going on. And there's more uh, coaching on setting up your program outside of our program to get you to your goal. So, and then the basic is just show up. We have lots of little extra bonuses. You actually, here's it. You actually get a membership to my online fitness uh, membership while you're in the program. So you work out because remember, this is a key part of the of training is hitting the weights because it helps so much with performance improvement. So if that doesn't motivate you enough to think that, and also, you know, just think about strengthening your body, right? And, and being more powerful, powerful on the hills and, you know, sprinting past and learning some little tips and tricks on how you can um, be that powerhouse on the hill right? Show it off for your friends. I see those groups of guys out there. You know, you want to show up in the spring and really like <clears throat> um, just show off your new skills. And um, instead of sitting on Swift and just doing the same old, same old sprinting here, racing there, doing some climbs, like really do your climbs, like really. Um, and then show off your skills in the spring. So with that, have an amazing Friday. Oh my God, my husband, um, and we've got chickens and we're getting more chickens. So I wasn't able to go because I was busy all morning, right? I told you. And I had to get my stuff done, which is this. Um, and then they went off to a farmer who's selling, who's kind of retiring from chickens and he's giving some away. So we're going to have five more chickens in our coop by the end of the day. So make sure you follow on Instagram. I talk about them briefly. Um, so again, think about, just check out those programs. If you're sitting there wondering why and how you can improve while you are on Swift or sitting on your trainer at home in your basement, this is the best way you can do that. Or maybe you're... Um, the thing is that these sessions are recorded, so you'll get it. So if you can't show up, they will be available. All right. So with that, everyone, have an amazing weekend. Um, enjoy this temperature change. I love, I love October. And uh, I believe I asked you guys a couple things. So um, make sure you go to YouTube and provide your comments. Um, love you all.
I'm so grateful for you as um, our listeners, our loyal listeners. Please share this with somebody. Um, Share with one person, just one person. And uh, we'll see you next week. Take care. And then in the fall, winter of that year, I joined the 16-week winter program where it was endurance and kettle stroke and nutrition and heart rate zones and I learned more building on on skills and and then when I got back on the bike again this year in 2020 I bought a new bike a a road bike and I managed to ride 4,000 kilometers so um, I'm really proud of myself and that's all been thanks to the to the club Thank you for looking at my four-week road cycling skills program. As you will see, there are the three segments, how we break up the um, hour, uh, explanation, demonstration, and then getting you on the bike to fully explain the skills. Along with the amazing bonuses we have for the four weeks and our community page, you will also get the full recording of each segment, each webinar for your records so you can go back on them. I, If you have any questions, please reach out and ask. I look forward to seeing you in the program and helping you better yourself as a cyclist. Speed, so accelerating out of the saddle, uh, really getting into using more of our gears. Um, and also, we want to become more economical is being able to go long distance. So right here is 90, 94, 95, 92. You ultimately want to add gears and train in harder gears at 90 RPM, which is going to make you stronger. 11 to 30 or two right here. So it's driving those knees. Boom, boom, boom. So that's the top. You have the the two sides. Now let's go to the bottom. It's the same thing from five to seven. You're sweeping, you're kicking. I really, uh, I learned a lot about, um, you know, the technical part, especially at the beginning uh, of our session. Mm -hmm. You know, some things I thought I was doing okay, but there's definitely some room for improvement. And uh, I think that'll really help, uh, you know, improve my cycling. Um, and I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking, looking forward to trying, uh, to trying some of these things out outside, but I'm going to get on my train. About the program, the 16-week program that she's doing right now, Inc., and she'll tell you about what she's getting out of it. Hi, um, you know what, this is the first time I've ever done a cycling clinic like this. It's very tough, but it's so rewarding. We're four weeks in. I have tried to talk myself out every night before coming to class, and I make it to class. And I'm learning so many new things about cycling that I had no idea I needed to know on the road in order to be efficient and to you know, have really good endurance and to use my, my muscles when I needed to use them and not end up bonking halfway through my ride. 
And this 16-week program is going to get me to April to get me back on the road where I'm going to be faster and a better cycler and just to be able to go longer and stronger and harder and faster. And you're doing it for what? And I'm doing it for uh, my next half Ironman race. Yeah, excellent. Half I am right there. Hi, my name is Lily, and I took Sylvie's training, 16-week training program for a year, a couple years back. Uh, one of the things that I really paid attention to that I learned a lot from was just the pedal stroke. It looks kind of weird at first, but then I found that with the years now, it's just something I, I think about. And when things start getting tough, I think, okay, how's my pedal stroke? What can I do? And I focus on that when I'm getting tired or annoyed. So that's one point. Uh, cadence, well, again, that's something different, but that's something I just started to really pay more attention to, because once you get your pedal stroke, it makes such a big difference. Power, when using the trainer bikes that they had in the studio there, I found it very hard to get past a certain level. I would, it would, I reached a limit where I thought, I don't want to do this. It was just too much. Uh, but then again, you know, some days when you're feeling better than others, then you say, okay, maybe I can reach that extra little level. It's a hard workout, but it's something that pays off on the long run. It's something you don't forget. Year after year, it's the pedal stroke is still there. It's still important. And then once you get to get the feeling of it and you realize, oh yeah, when I do this now, it's, it's easier, especially climbing. Climbing for me is a big deal. So I guess that's about what's made the most difference. And also by doing it regularly, you get to know your limits and you get to know how far you can push. Thank you so much for spending this time with me on the Secrets from the Saddle podcast, learning more about sighting people, places, and things that make cycling such an exciting sport. I am so glad you stopped by today. Please leave me a review if you feel so moved to do so. I would love to hear your feedback. And if you could take one second to share this episode with someone you think would enjoy it, I would be forever grateful. Also, if you could please leave me a review if you feel so moved by going to iTunes and leaving me an honest thought and an honest comment telling me what you think and most importantly, tell me what you'd like to hear more of. It would really help me to bring more great, inspiring cycling stories to you. Until then, have an amazing day. Make sure you ride your bike. And don't forget to visit my YouTube channel if you'd like to see the full version of this podcast live.